0: welcome to all things billy with your host michael anthony judasusi become part of the action by emailing the show at billy at gmail.com or catch us on twitter at btk rides here's michael Yo are Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's me, Michael Anthony Giudicissi. Welcome to All Things Billy, the podcast that's about my friend and yours, William H. Bonney, better known as Billy the Kid. Episode one of, well, I don't know, however many many there winds up being. Uh, So today's episode is to DNA or not to DNA. That is the question. And uh, this was brought about by a request from Jason Young, who's the vice president of an outfit called Billy the Kids Historical Coalition. And you can find him on the web, Billy the Kids Historical A cool bunch of guys that uh, promote, preserve, and protect Billy the Kid history in New Mexico, Texas, uh, so far, those two states. In any event, uh, they asked me to be on the board for the first year, which uh, I, I did accept, and I did get to take part in a cool project to uh, find and uh, put a headstone on the grave of Chavez e. Chavez, um, who you probably all remember portrayed by Lou Diamond Phillips in the Young Guns movie, uh, but uh, the real grave is uh, outside of Milagro, New Mexico, pretty remote. It's two miles off any real road and one mile off anything that even resembles a road. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, but we were able to uh, get a headstone and mark that grave and uh, commemorate that. So it was pretty cool. Uh, Jason asked me to write an article for their Gazette. Uh, I think it's twice a year. They put out a, uh, a bunch of uh, Billy-related material in printed format. And it's pretty nice. In fact, I got a PDF of it today. It's So far, it's about 40 pages, so it's not like a little pamphlet or newsletter. It's It's the real deal. Um, and Jason said, hey, why don't you write about one of your upcoming Billy movies, and the one that'll be coming up first at some point this year is The Final Trial of Billy the Kid. Now, the story of the movie is a story for another day, um, but as I was writing the uh, the uh, article, uh, if you will, I, uh, I started to uh, reflect on you know, some of the challenges to even get to the point where you could film the movie. And it's already been filmed. It's in post-production right now, editing, etc. cetera. And uh, I, I came across this great quote. And this is actually on an Angel Fire website called The Truth About the Billy the Kid Investigation, featuring my buddy Steve Cedarwall. I'm looking at him and uh, Lucas Spear. So I guess this is Lucas Spear's site. Uh, I don't know if he keeps it up anymore. Uh, But this quote is uh, attributed to Arthur Schopenhauer. All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. And then Steve goes on to write about the investigation that he was involved in starting in 2003, which we'll touch on uh, a little bit later. Well, when I announced my film, The Final Trial of Billy the Kid... I went through the ridicule and violently opposed stages, and uh, here's a comment from uh, YouTube from uh, one of the videos that you know teased out the idea of the film. This is from a guy named Wayne Land. Uh, and I quote, the idea that you can resolve this question by having a mock trial is nothing less than ridiculous. It will only be resolved for certain when we have DNA proof that Brushy was Billy the Kid or that John Miller was Billy the Kid. And I don't believe that proof will ever be available. I'm sorry, I don't believe that proof will ever be attainable. This film is nothing more than an attempt to make money off of the controversy. It will not settle anything. In the first place, a real trial where all the evidence, one way or the other, was testified to and or presented to the jury would take months to complete because there is so much history to try and sift through, End quote. Wow, okay. Well, there's the uh, ridicule and uh, the, uh, what was the other one? they call it? uh The violent opposition came in the form of uh, death threats, very thinly veiled that I've been fielding over uh, the last few months uh, from people who, uh, you know, say you better watch out. You know, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're, you know, getting into. You better protect your family, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, uh, so I, I read this comment with interest because this was recent. Um, a couple things. Well, forgetting about that, the the, the real thing here is, uh, by the way, <laughs> nothing more than an attempt to make money. <laughs> Anybody who's done indie film knows that you spend money, you don't make money. Uh, Very few indie films turn a profit, and uh, so this is absolutely a labor of love. But Wayne, I hope you watch it and pay uh, whatever the the rental fee is so I can make tons and tons and tons of money. Um, But interestingly enough, this comment uh, does talk about DNA proof. That's the only way we can settle this. Well, you're probably right, but maybe not even then. Maybe DNA will not even solve it why is that? Well, here's the thing. We've got three primary contenders to the throne of Billy the Kid. We have Billy the Kid himself, as reported by Pat Garrett, shot 14 July 1881, in Pete Maxwell's bedroom, Fort Sumner Territory, New Mexico. We've got Brushy Bill Roberts, who says he was there that night, uh, Billy Barlow went into Maxwell's house or onto his porch, was assassinated by Garrett and his deputies. And then, uh, Brushy Bill got into a ferocious gunfight with, uh, Garrett and his deputies was shot three times, dragged into, uh, to safety by a Mexican woman and uh, nursed back to health. And then finally, um, finally escaped, but that was after Garrett passed off the body of Billy Barlow as Billy the Kid, Billy Barlo, Barlow, a half-Mexican sheepherder. And then there's the story of John Miller, uh, John Miller, who uh, apparently wasn't even uh, there in Fort Sumner on that night, or if he was, he was laid up uh, for for whatever the reporting was, was shot days before, and then showed up in Las Vegas, New Mexico, with Isadora, who would become his wife in a wedding ceremony there with a fresh gunshot wound to his shoulder area, upper chest, and uh, and then went off to live a life, uh, you know, uh, uh, tending cattle and uh, breaking horses in New Mexico and Arizona, finally dying in 1937, being buried in Prescott, Arizona, in the funeral home for the old Pioneers rest home, basically a nursing home for old pioneers. So you have those three stories. There's more, uh, you know, maybe none of those are correct. But in any event, those are the big three. And people are convinced that DNA absolutely and positively will solve that once and for all. Well, maybe, maybe it will. Um, But here's some of the reasons why DNA might not solve that. First of all, before we go any further, we already have DNA. Yes, you're right. We have DNA. You heard that correctly. take a look at you know be uh, be guests of but they didn't they didn't do the exhumation it was done under the uh, under the guidance of the uh, of the state and of the you know, old pioneers rest home so uh, that's the first fallacy but anyway uh, dna was extracted from john miller now it's kind of useless because well what are you going to compare it to what you could do with john miller's dna since it's out there it's in a lab somewhere. I'm certain that there are DNA results in a case file uh, somewhere in the uh, the <laughs> never-ending lawsuit that took place, Gail Cooper against Lincoln County, uh, that took, I think, 14 years to resolve. But in any event, uh, the, uh, the DNA is out there, and you could put it into a DNA database, right? You could put it into a database like 23andMe, Ancestry, and you could see where the matches come out. But Miller is a pretty common name from the U.K., so I would imagine his family origins would be traced back to England or somewhere thereabouts, and that probably wouldn't give us a lot of uh, insight unless he matched up to a Bonnie or a McCarty or something like that. But that that DNA exists. But there's more. Wait, more DNA? Is that what you're saying? Yes, there's more DNA. You see, back uh, after uh, Cedarwall, Tom Sullivan, Sheriff of Lincoln County, Gary Wayne Graves, may he rest in peace, Gary uh, Wayne Graves, former DeBaca County Sheriff, passed away just a few weeks ago. Uh, I did have the pleasure of interviewing him for a documentary I have coming out later next year, but we'll get to that another day. In any event, uh, those three guys, when they were stonewalled by this court case, uh, Steve decided, well, let me keep looking, see what I can find, and hunted down what is said to be the bench the famous bench that pat garrett wrote about where he said billy's body was transferred to a, a carpenter's bench or a bench in the carpenter's shop where the women of the uh, of the village washed dressed and held awake for him now if you get cedarwall's book the the dirty on billy the kid you can see in, on page 260 there's a picture of the workbench in the uh in the museum that was uh curated by stella abreu and uh, so this picture dates from gosh i don't know early 1900s somewhere around there then you know the the museum closed uh stuff was packed up and sent and somehow wound up in a chicken coop in albuquerque and then if you go to page 267 you look and there's cedar wall staring at a bench in a chicken coop and there's a box of you can't really read what's on it it's a pretty dark picture it's not not all that well done in the book now is it the bench i don't know what the hell do i know i'll tell you if you look at the two benches you come away looking at it and going "Eh, it's probably not the same one i mean the bench that's in the picture from the museum has these big thick wide slats uh, you know, that create the frame of the bench, and they're strapping across the short end of each of the legs, and then you look at this other picture, and the the tim- the dimensions of the timber just don't look the same, at least to me, but it's a pretty bad picture, or not, the picture might be good, but the, the printing's not very good, and so it's hard to tell. I don't know if it's the same bench, you know, how many benches does a carpenter have? Probably 10, you know, did they get the right one, or did they just grab a bench and throw it in the museum? I don't know. But what I do know is that uh, when Cedar Wall found it, he got Dr. Henry Lee, I think it's I've got it right, uh, to uh, do some forensics on it, and they found two uh, different strands of DNA in blood that was on the bench and running down one of the legs. Hey, now, right? So there's DNA two different mixed DNAs. Now, at the time, 2005, I think, um, would have been more difficult um, to to, uh, untangle those uh, strands, but the technology today makes it much, much easier uh, to do that. And so, uh, as such, again, that DNA exists somewhere if you have the time, money, or connections, and you want to unwrap that DNA into two separate people. Well, now as it relates to the death of Billy the Kid, there are three sets of DNA. One of them we know, or at least we believe, is from John Miller, assuming they dug the right grave up, which it looks like they did. And the other two are... I don't know who the other two are. The possibilities are tantalizing. What if one of them matches John Miller's DNA? Well, that still doesn't say he was Billy the Kid, but it certainly puts him in Fort Sumner around the time that that bench was used, and it certainly existed back in 1881. And so that would, uh, you know, cause you to have a real deep dive and uh, careful look at Miller. What if the, the DNA was a half Mexican, you know, 20, 25 year old uh, guy? And, uh, you know, half of his family came from Mexico and half came from wherever the heck, Canada, I don't know. Well, gosh, that sounds a lot like Billy Barlow, doesn't it? At least the way Brushy described him. And what if the DNA, what if you type it and it comes up being a, uh, you know, a, a, a male 18 to 25 family history in uh, the United Kingdom, Ireland or England or somewhere in that region, but it doesn't match Miller's? Well, then you got to go, okay, well, there's somebody else. And that kind of sounds like Billy the Kid. See, you can't With what we have, you can't solve the mystery, but you can focus your energies where it is more likely you can solve it. This hasn't happened to date, but it could. I mean, the whole point of this discussion is this stuff could happen starting tomorrow. And why hasn't it? Well, we'll we'll get to that in just a minute. Okay. Um, one of the other things you can do nowadays is what's called a DNA picture, A DNA picture. They take the DNA and they create a facial picture of the person who it came from. Now, it's not like a photograph, but in a 2018 study, they were able to with mixed race people, not people of one singular race, but of mixed race people, they were able to match eight out of 10 DNA pictures to known photographs of the person the DNA came from, 80% match. So if you run a DNA picture of the DNA on the bench and one of them comes up as a, you know, darker skinned guy with a, you know, a beard and 25 years old and clearly half, you know, half Mexican. Well, then I guess what? I guess Billy Barlow was up on that old bench. Who's the other DNA? I don't know. Maybe Joe Grant. I mean, I imagine when uh, Billy shot and killed Joe Grant, they didn't just kick him out of the saloon and, and throw him in the ground. I think he probably got a proper burial, and if that was the custom of the uh, mostly Catholics who lived uh, in and around Fort Sumner, then they probably would have done that for Joe Grant. So maybe it was him, or maybe it was just some other person who was shot or injured and put on the bench and a wake help. Maybe none of them are Billy or anything to do with Billy. We don't know, but we can, or we can get a lot closer. So I guess the big question is, why don't we know? I mean, it's 2022. Happy New Year, by the way. Why don't we know by now? Why are you still waiting on finding this out? Who benefits from hiding the truth, whatever it may be? Well, the internet uh, uh, tough guys will tell you, um, Fort Sumner and Heiko will never let that happen. There's millions of dollars, uh, tourist dollars up for grabs. Um, no, there's not. No, there's not. As a filmmaker, it's uh, incumbent upon me to do my research. You can get on uh, the state of Texas and New Mexico's website and read the audited financials for each of those cities, towns, villages, whatever you want to call them, or any city in the country. And you can look and you can find out that they are not raking in tourist windfall dollars from Billy the Kid. Heiko unto itself is a complete town. You know, Brushy Bill Roberts is a small part of their economy. They have a couple of events and they have a little museum, but they've got shops and uh, antique stores and restaurants and a thriving downtown. Like if if Brushy Bill never existed, Heiko would just be just fine. Uh, Fort Sumner, on the other hand, while they're certainly not netting millions of dollars in tourist revenue from Billy the Kid, they sure could benefit if they did. And I think they could have done a lot or could do a lot better job in positioning themselves to benefit from the people that come to town. Because essentially, and I've been there so many times, people come to town, they drive down Billy the Kid Road, they park in the parking lot of what's now the Chamber of Commerce office, used to be Boland's Museum, and they go look at the grave and then they walk around a little, they take a few pictures, they get in their car and they leave. Maybe they stop by Alsip's and get a burrito, then they go to Clovis or... They go to Lincoln or they go to Albuquerque or wherever, and that's it. There's lots of things Fort Sumner could do to capitalize and and make it more of a destination for Billy fans. But really, right now, that's the province of Lincoln. That's where people go and spend their money. So the state of New Mexico is not losing millions of tourist dollars if Billy's not in the cemetery in Fort Sumner. People are still coming to Lincoln because that's where Billy shot his way to, to fame or infamy during the Lincoln County War, during his escape, and thereafter, and all those surrounding areas. You know, his death in Fort Sumter is a small part of the story. Uh, so, so if it's not money, what, you know, what is it? Why don't we know? Well, I know why. It's why we don't know. And I can tell you it's because that people just cannot let the legend belong to somebody else. That's it. That's your answer. People simply will not allow Billy to be a Texan. Or if you're in Heiko, they will not allow Billy to die in Fort Sumner. And the money be damned. How do I know that? Well, I can't tell you. But I can tell you that there was a financial offer made for the uh, ability to <laughs> the ability to find out. And it was roundly turned down. And it was way more money than Billy the Kid is worth to either of those towns. So... What are you going to do? Well, what you are going to do is you can keep searching. Because if you can't dig in Fort Sumner and exhume whatever's in that grave, and what's in there? Are there bones? Is there a side of beef, as a woman in Heiko told me? Is it a box full of rocks? Is it a saddle? I've heard all of those things variously. But you're not going to get to dig there. Not anytime soon. So that much I agree with Mr. Wayne Landon. And uh, when the investigation that Cedarwall was a part of in 2003 couldn't, you know, got stymied in the same way, well, they went to Catherine's grave in Silver City, Billy's mom. Or Billy's aunt, if you, you know, if you are an adherent of Brushy's story. And the judge did a deft sidestep in ruling it was really kind of brilliant. The judge in the case said, okay, sure, you can. You, I'll give you permission to uh, dig up Catherine's grave. But first, you have to show me what you're going to compare her DNA to. Yeah, silence. In other words, dig it up. But before you do, you show me what it's going to be matched to. Otherwise, this is just a fishing expedition. You're not going to dig up this woman's remains and then try to match her with you know any grave you can find anywhere around New Mexico and Texas. And of course, they'd already been shut down in Fort Sumner from being able to extract DNA and so as such, that investigation just kind of withered on the vine. The court case brought by Gail Cooper did not, went on for many, many years, but the investigation ended. So at this point I guess you say, all right, well, then there's nowhere else to go. Oh, contraire, mon frere. There's a couple of things that you could have a look at if you were so inclined. Yes, I'm talking to you. First thing is in the uh, Billy the Kid Museum in Fort Sumner, owned by the Sweets. There's a clump of hair that uh, it, that is labeled as belonging to Billy the Kid. The story is that the uh, hair, the barber's uh, wife was so enamored <laughs> of Billy that she grabbed a clump of his hair and kept it. Now, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think that's the hair of somebody, whoever, and you'll never find out who it is. I don't think it's Billy the Kid's hair. I don't think Billy the Kid was some local celebrity that people wanted to have a lock of his hair or, you know, have his his uh, uh, rag that he wiped the sweat like Elvis used to throw to the crowd. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. And so... Someone having the foresight to clip that off and keep it and hold it, for like for what purpose would that even serve? But it's there. It's somebody's hair. And now with the technology, even though there's no roots to that, that's what you used to need in order to extract DNA, but you don't anymore. You can get it from the strand. Now with the technology that's available, DNA could be extracted from that hair. So if you have the time, money, or connections and you can get the sweets to part with a few strands of hair, you can find out who's that, who that hair belongs to and does it match anyone's DNA on the bench or does it match John Miller's DNA? And then you might say, well, okay, that's it. That's kind of a long shot. They're probably not going to give any of that up because they're in Fort Sumner and they want Billy to be buried there. Well, what if the hair proves that he was buried there? That shuts any pretenders down. But I understand that that probably will not happen. But there's another another opportunity. So uh, 1884, three years after Billy was shot or not in Pete Maxwell's bedroom, uh, the Army, U.S. Army, who owned the land that Fort Sumner was on, did not own the buildings. The buildings belonged to the Maxwell's, but they owned the land underneath. So basically kind of like a mobile home community where you own your house, but you got to keep paying the underlying lease on the land. So the army sells the land to the New England Cattle Company. The New England Cattle Company tells the Maxwell's, hey, get your buildings off our property because we don't want them here. This is for cattle. And so in 1935, uh, J. Vernon Smith, who uh, is a uh, uh, reporter, I guess, for the Works Project Administration, um, reports that the old fort was torn down for the lumber that it contained. The heavier timbers, doors, windows, and other lumber was carried away and used in other buildings. Charlie Four, an old-time resident, helped to tear down the old Maxwell home and is still using the floorings in his present home. Well, all right. So, in 1935, J. Vernon Smith says Charlie Four, who was the expert on the, you know, the cemetery at Fort Sumner, and you know, had been the caretaker of it and the historian of it. Uh, he's still using the flooring that he took out of the Maxwell House in his home in New Fort Sumner, which is about five miles to the north and west of Old Fort Sumner. Well. If Billy or somebody else was shot and killed in Pete Maxwell's bedroom, they certainly hit the floor. They certainly would have had some blood on the floor. Is it possible somewhere in that house, somewhere on those floorboards, that some blood evidence exists where DNA could be extracted and maybe matched to the hair or to the bench or to the other bench or to Miller? Maybe so. Now, I think that that's a needle in a haystack, because uh, the next thing that you look at, if you are, uh, again, so inclined, is that you have to uh, read this, and this comes from songofthewest.com. Paulita's mother, Paulita Maxwell, uh, kept DeLuvina's billy tintype in a cedar chest for several years until it was given a Fort Sumner saloon keeper, John Legg, L-E-G-G. Legg was killed in his saloon in an argument over a poker game in 1899. And the tintype passed into the hands of Leg's executor, here it comes, Fort Sumner old-timer Charlie Four. Charlie Four had one of the famous Billy tintypes. When Four's home later burned, so did Billy. But Paulita added many copies of it had been made. And that would have been the uh, interview in 1926 that Paulita did, uh, with uh, the author of the saga of Billy the Kid, Walter Burns Noble. Well, wait a minute. <clears throat> did Charlie Four's home burn, and did it burn to the ground, and did the floorboards burn up? I can't imagine he built a new house and had saved floorboards for, I mean, if this is, I don't know, in 1935, the WPA official says he's still using the floorboards in his current home, but, but did we, do we think that Ford created some stockpile of floorboards and kept them under a tarp for 50 years before he put them in his new home? It's kind of hard to decipher what actually happened. But the Charlie Four home does exist in Fort Sumner, absolutely and positively. I have a photograph of it, the outside anyway. Um, advices say that there is a wood floor inside. And so is it possible that those floorboards were picked up from the Maxwell bedroom, the area where Billy would have bled out, and that those made it into that home and still exist today, and 140 years later, 41 years, you could extract DNA? Heck, I don't know. But I know the possibilities are fascinating. Because let's face it, even if you were given permission to go dig the grave in Fort Sumner up today, and you found a the remains of a human being there, and you extracted DNA, it still wouldn't tell you anything. You'd still have to match it to something. Match it to Catherine's DNA if you could get that, and then you could see if that was a, a, a parent-child relationship. But Brushy said that Catherine was his aunt, so there would be some close DNA there if that's true. So you have a lot of possibilities, but very few definitive outcomes, or solutions. But you can get tantalizingly close to the truth with some of the things that we have right now. Because I don't think Catherine's grave is going to be exhumed. I know the folks in Fort Sumner are never going to say yes to, at least not anytime soon, uh, to uh, extracting DNA. And the brushy bill folks have no, uh, no need to uh, you know, the, uh, Hamilton County, they, there's no need for them to say, sure, let's let's dig up old Brushy and get some DNA from him because he's certainly got other relatives where you could get DNA. All you'd be proving is that he was related to people that he said he was related to anyway. Now, you could get Brushy's DNA and try to compare it to Catherine's and say, oh, wow, they are related. He was telling the truth. Or no, there's no match here whatsoever. And so, what else did he lie about? But really, just getting DNA from, from the uh, ground in uh, Fort Sumner in the cemetery really would prove very little. There needs to be a more complete picture. But there's enough out there right now that you could get a lot closer to the truth. If you wanted, and if you had the time, the money, and the connections to do so. I think the truth is... Uh, just as uh, satisfactorily found out by taking all of the available evidence that could be admitted into trial and examining that. And that's kind of what my film has done. But as I said, that's a story for another day. So, to DNA or not to DNA? That is the question. Time for a little movie review, and the uh, movie of the hour dealing with Billy the Kid, in advance of the Epics series titled Billy the Kid. The film is Old Henry. Old Henry, have you seen it? Came out in uh, December. Uh, actually, released in October in the United States, but it was a very limited theatrical release. I think it was ten theaters total box theater theatrical box office of. that would take care of, you know, probably 15 minutes of filming. Um, So, (laughs) but that wasn't the intent of a theatrical release, I don't think, with this film. Um, So it was later in October when it became available streaming and uh, has gotten uh, overall good reviews uh, from those folks that have seen it. Uh, The film is from Shout Factory and it stars Tim Blake Nelson as Old Henry, Uh the uh the the deal for this film was part of a three-film deal they signed him to. And uh I have to tell you, I really enjoyed watching the film. Um I looked at it and kind of in the first, I don't know, five minutes, ten minutes, you can go, wow, this is not a high budget film. Now, don't take that to mean that it doesn't look good, because it certainly does, but you can see really quickly that there's only two sets. There's old Henry's house and then there's his brother-in-law's farm. And that's it other than you know them just riding or doing something out in these grassy fields or in the forest. Um, and there's only six credited actors in the film. Tim Blake Nelson, Scott Hayes, Gavin Lewis, Trace Adkins, Stephen Dorff, and Richard Spite Jr. Six actors and two sets. And you you can start to see how they made such a just great looking movie for very very little bit of money. The movie was uh, written and directed by Potsy Ponsorelli. What an awesome name! Um, I think he got the the Potsy Potsy Ponsorelli. Uh, I think he got that as a uh, uh, <laughs> you know a nickname uh, from the uh, character from the old Happy Days TV show. And uh, it's basically about an older guy, a farmer, and his young son that are living a quiet life in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in the middle of the United States. And uh, then this guy kind of happens across their path, and he's shot, and he's hurt pretty badly. And that starts a chain of events where uh, people come looking for the guy, and uh, old Henry and his son are putting him up. And then there's some violence, and then there's, you know, well, you you probably get the idea. And I don't want to give away too much. Um, What I can tell you about the film is it looks beautiful, just beautiful. The color, whoever did the color work on the film created just the right kind of atmosphere. When you see it, you feel that little bit of apprehension and uncertainty just really by the color of the film. The cinematography was really beautiful uh, and well done, not overdone. And it's kind of tough to make a a kind of a two-act film or two-location film interesting. But uh, these guys were able to do it. Now, the film itself only runs uh, some 90 minutes or so, 99 minutes with credits. So you're probably 95, you know, a little over an hour and a half. Uh, But it really did tell a complete story start to finish. Um, Usually what happens with smaller indie films uh, like this is that uh, they, if they're big enough, they can try a theatrical release with the hope, or the and, and you're kind of a uh, like throwing something against the wall, like hey, if it hits, right, if people see it and start reviewing it really well, then you never know. Then we'll expand our release. Well, Old Henry didn't get enough press, got some social media play, um, and so hence the forty-two thousand dollars from ten or fifteen screens, three thousand dollars a screen. I think it was gone by the end of the weekend. But I think this film was always designed and determined to be a streamer. And the uh, theatrical release was just a, hey, let's see what happens. Uh, so I wouldn't judge anything by that. Based on the number of people that I've seen on social media that have seen the film and have reviewed it positively, I would bet that they're doing just fine. The production budget, whoops, sorry about that. In the in an interview I read uh, with uh, writer-director Pazzi Panseroli, uh, the production budget was a million and a half dollars, and that's really not very much money. In fact, that's really nothing as it relates to a uh, you know a, a, a quality independent film, a million and a half bucks, and that's you know production and post production. Uh, there probably, well, there definitely was some money in the promotion budget because they have done a significant amount of social media advertising uh, in order to keep the film going, and it's gotten a pretty pretty much wonderful reviews across the board. Um, the, uh, let's see, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score is 95% of 60 reviews are positive, average rating of 7.7 out of 10, so that's uh, that's quite good. Uh, Metacritic uh, gave it a score of 69 out of 100 based on 18 critics, so generally favorable reviews. Um, and the film it poses a nice what-if. And if you haven't figured out, old Henry is old Henry McCarty. It, or maybe it's not. Who knows? <laughs> but what had happened if, if old Henry had lived on beyond Fort Sumner, doesn't that sound familiar, and uh, tried to find a quiet life somewhere uh, and tried to leave his past behind, the past, those who forget it are doomed to repeat it. <laughs> So uh, what do I rate Old Henry? Well, on my rating system of one to six shells in your six-shooter, I give Old Henry a solid five shells, five forty-four forty shells. Uh, I think it's a really good, entertaining film. My wife watched it with me. She is not a Billy the Kid fan or fanatic at all, and she enjoyed the film really well-constructed. And uh, it's a nice way to pass 99 minutes of your life. And you'll probably want to go back and watch it a second time, would be my guess. Uh, Why didn't it get six stars um, or six uh, rounds? I don't know. I want to leave a little headroom in there for something that might come along uh, later and be uh, reviewed higher. But it was a very, very good film. Very, very enjoyable. And if you're not a stickler for history... If you're not going to sit there and pick it apart because, well, that couldn't have happened or this couldn't have happened or here's here's why that couldn't have happened, if that stuff bugs you, don't watch this. But if you're open to the possibility of just being entertained by a character that we're all interested in, then absolutely, by all means, watch Old Henry. Uh, you can stream it wherever you stream movies. It's available on DVD, maybe even Blu-ray. Blu-ray would be cool because I'd love to see what they didn't show in that 99 minute cut and some of the behind the scenes stuff. So uh, go out and get yourself a little old Henry today and tell him I said hi. All right, thank you for joining me for the first episode. Of all things Billy, everything Billy the Kid, books, movies, rumors, history, innuendo, speculation, <laughs> death threats, music, whatever it may be, and interviews uh, coming up soon, interview with my friend Scott Skurlock, real-life great-grandson of Lincoln County regulator and one-time regulator captain Doc Skirlock. We'll hear about Scott's acting career, how he came to find out he was related to the uh, famous uh, regulator from Lincoln County, New Mexico, and uh, all about what's the, what he's got going on and uh, more inside family secrets, as well as lots of other great stuff. Uh, go ahead and uh, like the podcast, subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Please share it if you enjoyed it. And you can contact the show really simply by getting us uh, uh, email at billythekidridesagain at gmail.com. You can email us right there. Or if you'd like to visit us on Twitter... You can find us at B-T-K-Rides, at B-T-K-R-I-D-E-S on Twitter. Send me a message. Let me know what your feedback is. And uh, we'll uh, certainly introduce that on an upcoming episode. Until then, all the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico, I'm out of here. Have a good day. Peace. Here yeah, come on, Billy and the Regulators, too Riding into Lincoln to settle a store, too When the shooting starts, we'll just duck down on the floor Yeah, we stuck down in the middle of Lincoln County War some down in the middle, guess we'll wait and see Who's gonna win this war between all the big Regulators riding